G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Newsflash, Jesus Christ is coming back again. So what? Okay, Christ is coming back again. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to be an active, functioning part of the church. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out God's plan for the end times doesn't only affect you, it involves you. Listen, you need the church, and the church needs you. This is the day when the lost are found. If you love a good action movie, you'll know there are two factors that are almost always involved, a crisis and a time limit. Something's about to go horribly wrong and time's running out. And as that clock counts down, the pace of action speeds up. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out time is getting short before the return of Christ. And we need to ramp up our awareness, our resolve and our action and helping those around us to be prepared for what's to come. The title of my message tonight is, So What? I know that sounds like a cynical title, but it actually isn't. Because the subtitle is, How the Return of Jesus Should Affect Us in Day-to-Day Living. So what? So what are we supposed to do? So what are we supposed to think? So how are we supposed to behave in light of this great truth that Christ is coming back again. That's what we're going to talk about. So let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the clarity of Scripture, the timelessness of your Word, the power and the authority of it, and the complete relevance to what we're facing in life. So speak to us as we look in your Word together, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Heard about a guy who was driving through Oklahoma, and he saw a sign in front of a house that really got his attention. The sign said, talking dog for sale. Says, I I have to check this out. So he pulls his car over and gets out and goes up to the man who's sitting there in the front porch and says, sir, I I would like to see your talking dog. And the guy says, yeah, he's over there in the backyard. He'll go over there. And so he walks back and here's a a Labrador just sitting there uh, in the backyard. And so the man asks, so you talk? The dog says, yep. And this is a true story, by the way. <laughs> so the man asked, so well, what's, what's your story? 
And the lab says, well, actually, I've been able to talk since I've been very young, and I wanted to help the government, so I hooked up with the CIA, and I did a lot of work for them, jetting from country to country, you know, sitting in rooms where people were talking. They never thought a dog could understand them, much less talk and repeat the information. So I, I did that for many years, but, you know, it's starting to wear me out, all the travel, and so I decided I needed a job with less stress, so I worked uh, security in the airport, and I'd go over to suspicious characters, eavesdropping their conversations and so forth. But I finally retired. I got married, uh, you know, had some uh, puppies with my wife. And uh, now I'm just, just kind of kicking back a little bit. Well, this guy's just blown away. He couldn't believe what he's just heard. He runs back to the owner. He says, sir, how much do you want for the talking dog? The man says, you can have him for $10. He says, $10? Why would you sell him so cheap? The guy says, he's a liar. He never did any of that stuff. Talk about missing the point. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we miss the point when it comes to church. Let me explain. Do we really get what church is supposed to be? You know, I think some people sort of think of church like a movie theater, right? You have your seat and, and you take your seat and you know, you watch the trailers and, and maybe you talk and, and maybe you get in late or whatever. And, but, you know, you watch the film. You're there to be entertained. And, and then the movie's over and you leave. And that's going to a movie theater. There's a lot of things that irritate me about people in movie theaters, by the way. I wonder if these irritate you. People that are checking their cell phone constantly. And you know how bright that is in a dark theater or, you know, people that talk during the film. Well, anyway, I think sometimes people will come to church that way, sort of that mentality like, okay, entertain me, impress me, do something for me. But that is not why the church exists. And this is why a lot of us miss out on all that church can be. The church has three basic purposes. We're here for three reasons. The glorification of God, the edification of the saints, and the evangelization of the world. So we're here to glorify God, to build up one another, the edification of the saints, and the evangelization of the world. Or a simpler way to put it, upward, inward, and outward. We're here to honor the Lord, upward, inward, building up one another, and outward, taking this message out to others. So let me ask you, is that why you're here tonight? Are you here to glorify the Lord? <laughs> That's why we worship. That's the purpose of worship. The praise band is not the warm-up act. That's prayer set to song. So, you know, when we come late to worship, we take our sweet time, and, and even when the worship band is up there playing, we're just kind of, you know, checking our, our you know, emails or texting friends or whatever. And wait a second, we're praying. Would you do that while we're in prayer? I hope not. Maybe some would even do it then. But the idea is, this is where we're honoring the Lord. We're effectively fulfilling the purpose for which God created us. Now, we don't only worship God in song. There are many ways we worship Him, but it's certainly one of the ways. Do you engage during the worship? You say, well, I don't know the words. Well, that's why we put them up on the screen. So you'll see those words and you'll sing those words. And isn't it great when these songs get embedded in your mind and you find yourself singing them through the day or you wake up in the middle of the night and one of those worship songs is going through your mind? We're here to glorify God. What about the edification of the saints? 
See, this is that part in the church where we're not just here to be ministered to, but we say, what can I do? How can I help others? I've been so blessed. How can I serve? Uh, where do you need some help around here? In Sunday school, uh, in ushering, in counseling, or is there some other need? Man, I would like to help. That's the edification of the saints. Building up one another, realizing this simple truth. It's not about you. If I come to church and it's all about me, what are you gonna do for me? How are you gonna bless me? Man, I can miss out. But Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And I think when we come saying, how can I be used of God to help others? The whole paradigm can change. And then thirdly, we're here for the evangelization of the world. To get the gospel out. You know, my job as your pastor is to teach you the word of God. It's to declare to you the whole counsel of God. But that's not all. The church is not merely a classroom. Uh, the church is a place where we get armed for battle too, you see. Because in Ephesians 4 it says that God has raised up pastor, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So my job is to help you to do your job which is to go out into the world and fulfill the great commission. So it's not just about learning data and hearing information. There's a place for that. But it's about finding out how we can be used by God. I'm here to feed you, to equip you, and challenge you to serve God and change our world. Now why do I bring this all up? For this simple reason. Newsflash, Jesus Christ is coming back again. How many of you believe that? How much? Okay. So what? There's a message title. So what? Okay, Christ is coming back again. So what am I supposed to do? Well, for starters, I'm supposed to be an active, functioning part of the church. Here's what Hebrews 10.22 says. Let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So let me loosely paraphrase. In light of the fact that Christ could come back at any moment, we need to be in the church encouraging one another, motivating one another. And listen, if one of us is overtaken in a fault, we need to go and try to rescue those people. Of course, you all know the Bible says if someone's overtaken in a fault, expose it to as many people as possible and kick him to the curb, right? <laughs> well, the way some people act, you think that's what the Bible does say. But no, what Scripture actually says, Galatians 6.1, if someone is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. So our job is to confront when necessary and restore, not hunt down and destroy. I have a friend who's a, a dermatologist and he specializes in uh, treating skin cancer. And so he was in a store the other day and he saw someone that had what appeared to him to be, and he would know, a malignant melanoma. Now you know melanoma is a very serious form of skin cancer and can be deadly. And so he didn't want to go and tell this person that, but he went up and said, hi, excuse me, but I'm a dermatologist and I specialize this and, and I believe on your cheek you have a malignant melanoma. Well, they were angry. You know, hey, I'm out shopping. You're going to lay that trip on me? But wait a second. 
That's what he does. See, he's a doctor. He wants to save their life. But he had to, you know, bring this topic up to a total stranger and they kind of got offended and walked away and, and he wanted to give them a card. He wanted to help them. But see, the whole point is sometimes before we can restore a person, we have to confront a person and we have to say, hey man, I got to just tell you, you know, you say you're a Christian. Here's what the Bible says and your life isn't lining up with that. And then they retort, hey man, don't judge me. And you say, yeah, but you know, the Bible tells us that we are to help one another and build up one another. And I want to help you. You know, so this is what we are to do. This is the whole purpose. The church exists. Again, coming back to that passage, let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. So how are you doing in that regard? Here's a question. What if everybody attended church the way you attend? What if every Christian was just like you? If every Christian was just like me, we would need a lot less hair product in the world. I mean, think about it. <laughs> Life would be so much simpler. You know how long it takes me to get ready in the morning, take work, okay, let's go. <laughs> so we'd have a church of bald people if everyone was like me, but what if everyone was like you? You know, would services be attended faithfully? Would pews be empty or full? What if everyone prayed like you prayed? Would we be a praying church? What if everyone worshiped like you? Would we be a worshiping church or would we be a silent church? What if everybody evangelized as often as you evangelize? Would we be a church reaching a lost culture? What if everybody gave as faithfully of their finances as you give? Would we have a church that had the needs met or would they be neglected? You see, the church is made up of all of us together and we either contribute to its strength and growth or to its weakness and decline, but every one of us plays a role in the church. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA, and he's sharing how the return of Christ could happen at any time and each of us needs to be prepared. It's from his Essentials series, a message called so what? A story is told from history of the king of Sparta. And he was boasting to a visitor about the walls of Sparta. The visitor looked around and couldn't see any walls at all. And the Spartan king told his guest, you see in Sparta, every man is a brick. And pointing to the army, he said, these are the walls of Sparta. <laughs> and that's true of the church. Every believer is a brick, or as the Bible says, we're living stones. As the great theologians Pink Floyd reminded us, all in all, you're just another brick in the wall. Yeah, so we are. We're a brick, we're a stone. We play a part in the church. So we should not be spectators. We should be participants. And this is what can make the difference between church being life-altering for you or just another thing that you do. You just come when you have time and when you can work it in and you just kind of check in and check out early and, and you're in a passive spectator mode, then church is one thing. I mean, it will do you some good still. But then you come and say, no, I, I'm, I want to be in the game. I want to be involved. I want to serve. I want to glorify God. I want to play a role in this church. Man, it will make all the difference in the world. President Theodore Roosevelt said years ago, quote, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the doer of deeds could have done better. No, says Roosevelt, the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, end quote. So in the same way, the credit goes to the believer that's in the arena, that doesn't just talk about it, but the believer who's doing it. You know, some Christians are setting the world on fire while others are still looking for a match or coming up with excuses as to why it can't be done. So we all have a role to play. We're a part of seeing lives changed for time and eternity. Well, you know, people have said things like, no, I don't know. I'm so over the church. I kind of hate the expression when anyone says they're over anything. I'm so over people saying they're over things. I'm so over that. And I'm especially so over people that say, I'm so over the church. Really? I mean, seriously? Where would this world be without the church? Where would this country be without the church. I mean, where do people turn when crisis hits? When a marriage is unraveling? When you're having problems with your kids? Oh, they come to the church. Trust me. We see them all week long. Where do people go when a loved one dies, especially if it was unexpectedly? They come to the church. Where do they want this service to be done for that loved one? Even if they didn't attend church, oh, they want it done in the church. When your child is having Struggles maybe with addiction. Your teenager, where do they go? They go to the church for help. Where did you meet your husband or wife? Good chance you met them at the church. Where do you want to get married? Oh, probably at the church. And that's good. We're here to serve you. I mean, where else are you going to go? The YMCA? <laughs> the gym? The spa? The mall? Retail therapy. It does it every time. Will it? Oh, how about the bar? Pour your troubles out to the bartender. Oh, the movie theater, that'll solve it. See a good film. No, the movies can't help you. The bartenders can't help you. The yoga teacher can't help you. But the church can. And God has raised up the church. Listen, it's the only organization Jesus ever started. I'll never get over the church. Well, Greg, you must live in a dream world because the church is full of hypocrites. You don't think I know that? I know there's hypocrites in the church. There's no such thing as a hypocrite-free church. And if there was, if you joined it, you'd wreck it. <laughs> but just because we're still works in progress doesn't mean that God has not raised this wonderful thing called the church up. Listen, you need the church. And the church needs you because we're part of a family. This is one of the problems with church hopping. A lot of people like to do that. I, I like to go to lots of churches. I go to this church Sunday morning and this church Sunday night. And, and then sometimes I go to a different church the next Sunday morning and then a different one the next Sunday morning. And then sometimes I'll just watch something on TV. And, you know, and they think that's a great thing. Like they're so mature. They go to all these churches. Actually, that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. I know that most pastors would agree with me on this. I mean, if someone's coming to our church and we're just one of the churches they visit, you know what I say to them? I say, hey, you're welcome, glad you came, but you need to lock into a single church and be a part of that church. Why? Because first of all, you need a consistent theology. Number two, you need a pastor. Number three, you need a body of believers where you're accountable who will help you and build you up 
and call you out if you're crossing the line. You know, some people I think they don't want to walk as they ought to walk as a believer. So they figure if they keep moving, no one will know. And that's a way for them to avoid that. You need to be in a place where you can contribute with your gifts that God has given you. You need a place to serve. You need a place to give. We all need to be a part of the church. A clear message today from Pastor Greg Laurie from his study titled, So What?, It's part of a series that we're presenting here on A New Beginning called Essentials, the foundational precepts that every believer should know. Well, next time, some important insights on using the time, the talent and the treasure that God has given us to help bring people to Christ and to help them to be prepared for the Lord's return. Some important insights next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called, So What? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app, where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011. Or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.